There we are. The suspense and the tension, let's try that again, of watching the weather forecast on Channel 4 when it's raining on Fireworks Day is a suspense and a tension um, that uh, uh, cannot be explained to out-of-towners. Uh, I actually think it's probably better for ratings if Fireworks Day um, is, is, uh, is rainy instead of sunny. Because uh, I got to say, my eyes were glued to the weather forecast all day. Uh, the fireworks went off without a hitch in the rain, and uh, I, I fell asleep before they happened. Uh, that, 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 that's liable to happen when you're working this schedule. Uh, but speaking of fireworks, speaking of tension, when I say that the news is my uh, all-time favorite soap opera, I mean it, and it really has delivered in the past 24 hours. Um, you got you got intrigue both overseas and here domestically. Let's start off here uh, in the United States because USA number one. Uh, last night, uh, Anderson Cooper was the first to obtain an air um, these much talked about recordings um, of Donald Trump back in 2021. That meeting at his golf course. In New Jersey, where he was meeting with an author about a, uh, a biography on um, his uh, former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, uh, where at the time it was alleged that uh, he was caught on audio tape, not only admitting that he had classified documents when it, when, which pertained to a uh, military attack on the country of Iran, uh, but he also admitted that uh, it was classified. He knew they were classified, and he knew that he could have cl- declassified them when he was uh, president, but now he can't. And, of course, ever since, um, you know, he's been on the offensive. He's been throwing everything out from, um, I didn't know that they were discla- declassified. As president, I could telepathically declassify them. Uh, you know, just by thinking about it. And uh, so the tape, which is about two minutes in length, was finally released. I don't know why it took so long to release. Maybe uh, the fact that it was evidence in the indictment um, kept it from being released. And if that's the case, then is this a leak? I don't know. I think I'm going to talk to a guy and Lloyd about this in the crosstalk a little bit later on. But uh, I debated playing the full tape. In the interest of fairness, um, it, it, it two ten with this kind of scratchy audio, I thought was a little long to play it. But you can you can go to CNN.com or any news service and listen to the full two minute tape. Essentially, the first minute and a half is is former President Donald Trump talking to this writer, and he's talking about um, this this kind of argument, this kind of back and forth that Donald Trump was in with General Mark Milley, where they both accused each other of wanting to attack Iran or overthrow the government or or run a coup. And uh, so that's the first minute and a half. And then the last 30 seconds here, um, this is the money shot, for for lack of a better word. (laughs) Um, By the way, isn't that incredible? Yeah. I was just saying, because we were talking about it. And, you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what? 
And these are the papers. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably, right? We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out a, a, yeah. See, as president, I could have declassified yeah. it. Now I can't, you know, but this is <laughs> yeah, classified. Now, now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. There it is. As president, I could have declassified it. Now I can't. So, um, you, you know, this, uh, th- this much-rumored tape uh, that people were speculating said that Donald Trump... Um, admitted that he knew that these documents were classified and that he can no longer declassify that, that that's exactly what's in this tape here so i don't know i you know i'm not a legal expert but uh it seems pretty incriminated and, and i guess i'll uh I'll, I'll talk to guy and lloyd about this further later on in the show now in the past 24 hours as well we've heard from both the uh, russian president vladimir putin and Wagner uh, head Evgeny Prigozhin uh, about the uh, attempted coup or the insurrection or, or, or whatever you want to call it over the weekend where the Wagner group, they uh, turned their tanks, their armored vehicles, their artillery on, um, on Moscow. And just as suddenly as it started, it stopped. Now, uh, Prigozhin, he released an 11-minute audio tape explaining that... Uh, uh, the Wagner's goal was never to overthrow the government. Their role, uh, their uh, their aim, I'm sorry, um, was to protest um, what they believed was going to be the Russian government canceling a, the, the, their mercenary contract with them in July. Um, and then Putin made a remark. He came out and after, and I'm sure that he felt punked. Because, uh, you know, everyone's saying that this, uh, th- this, this attempted coup and the fact that uh, both Prigozhin nor anyone from the Wagner group face any harsh consequences uh, made Putin uh, uh, appear weak. Well, he came out yesterday and he said that uh, the people who participated were traitors uh, and that any armed rebellion would have been crushed anyway. He said that most Wagner fighters are brave patriots of the motherland, but there was a few uh, there, there. There was a few people that went rogue. By the way, can you say the word motherland without sounding like a dictator? I don't think you can. Um, so, of course, you know everyone's wondering. Uh, you know where is Prigozhin? Senator Mark Warner was on MSNBC the other day. And uh, he told us the scuttlebutt that he'd been hearing. Do we have any idea where Prigozhin is? Well, I understand literally as I was coming on air that he is, uh, uh, says he's in Minsk. And he actually is, and get this, this is just reports that he is in a, one of the only hotels in Minsk that doesn't have any windows. And I say that because, again, this wow. has been in public reporting, that there have been a number of um, uh, Russian entity individuals who uh, have gotten run afoul of Putin over the last year and a half who have mysteriously fallen out of fifth, sixth, seventh floor windows. So if he is in Minsk in a hotel with no windows, uh, that would show at least what his mindset is in terms of how his relationships are with Putin at this point. And that's been the speculation that that, that Prigozhin is a marked man, uh, despite the uh, deal that was allegedly brokered between him, uh, Putin 
and uh, the, the uh, uh, President Lukashenko of Belarus. I, I do like, though, how uh, Senator Warner said he is in the only windowless hotel in Minsk, essentially giving away uh, his location. Uh, President Biden came out yesterday and he said that uh, the West had nothing to do with it, um, which which confused me because I, I thought a big part of the story was that uh, nobody was accusing the West or NATO of having anything to do with this coup, not even even Putin himself. So I don't know why uh, the president felt like he needed to come out and say that. Maybe he's just on the record. I don't know. I, I, I mean, maybe he could have came out and um, I, I don't know, made, made a stronger statement or or or, or made a comment about uh, you know standing with the Ukrainian people or or uh, you know uh, at least appreciating the attempt. To overthrow uh, Putin in Moscow and uh, Anthony Blinken, secretary of state, saying it's going to be months and months and months until we figure out the actual fallout from this. But uh, the popular theory is that uh, Prigozhin is a marked man and uh, sounds like he's avoiding windows in high rise buildings. First thing with Mike Parsons on WJR. Be right back. Well, so at this point. Despite uh, some of the legal troubles that Hunter Biden has found himself in and how that may have slimed his uh, father in some of these uh, alleged shady business dealings and uh, the indictments that uh, former President Donald Trump uh, is facing, we seem to be headed towards a Biden versus Donald Trump rematch in the 2024 presidential election. We're also seeing poll after poll showing that the majority of Americans do not want to see a Biden versus Trump rematch in 2024. It's contradictory and it's confusing, but is it proof that America is ready for a viable third party? The No Labels Group has about $70 million and is looking to put it behind the right candidate. Former Congressman Fred Upton is one of the most public supporters of the No Label Group, and he talks about it with Guy Gordon and Lloyd Jackson. There's even a better poll number that nearly 70% of Americans do not want a rematch between Trump and Biden. And it's pretty much equally divided between Republicans and Democrats. Uh, but, but the other important thing is no labels actually has been around since like uh, 2008 or 2009. It's a bipartisan, bicameral group really focused on governing. They helped. Uh, I was a vice chair of the Problem Solvers Caucus on the Republican side, which has been around since about 2015. Had a number of members uh, of Congress from Michigan, Debbie Dingell, myself, uh, Peter Meyer was a member, Alyssa Slotkin, um, uh, Haley Stevens. And it really is focused on governing. You know, how, how do we get this country moving forward again on issues that we need to to focus on. And of course, roads was one of them. The infrastructure bill was one of the, the huge initiatives that we actually got to the finish line. And No Labels was a group that really worked with our Senate counterparts, on, again, on a bipartisan basis. And together, collectively, we got these things done. Now what's happened, uh, the next phase is, we've seen these poll numbers where nobody wants a rematch, really. And it looks like, you know, if you're going to Vegas today, uh, Bet on the line that it's going to be Trump for the Republican side and Biden on the Democratic side. Uh, you'll maybe not win a lot of money, <laughs> but but uh, that's where the odds are uh, right now. 
but most Americans don't want that rematch. And so what we're looking at is to actually create a, a party uh, across the country where people, individuals in all 50 states can vote for a different ticket. In fact, one that would be bipartisan. Uh, our two leaders, Joe Lieberman, Manchavis, of course, uh, 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 acolyte of Martin Luther King uh, a lot of years ago on the Democratic side, on the Republican side, uh, two former Republican governors from Maryland and, and North Carolina uh, are the two Republican chairs. And our goal is to get on the ballot on all 50 states uh, by sometime next year, we'll actually have a national convention in Dallas. And uh, really our focus in, in the short term is getting the signatures to get this third party, just like the Green Party, just like the taxpayer party here in Michigan and others, actually get it on the ballot so people will have a choice if, in fact, it's going to be Trump and Biden. And, you know, one little caveat, I'm a Euchre player. It seems to be a Michigan game, right? And sometimes <laughs> it, it, it sometimes is that if you get four nines and tens, you throw the cards in. We're throwing in the cards if it's uh, uh, not Biden versus Trump. Uh, so this this is really set up as a as a rematch if if this is a rematch okay. we're in we want to play and we're going to have a ticket a republican and a democrat on the national ticket congressman um this is lloyd jackson do you th you know have americans like been conditioned by like the major party establishments to to look at any type of independent presidential candidacy with with some fear well they don't like <laughs> They don't like what we're up to. Let me confess that. I mean, both sides, the DNC and the RNC, uh, the two respective organizations, want to keep it their way, their rules, their way, their nominating process. Uh, they don't want to uh, divulge from from where they are. So we'll be taking them on for sure. But, you know, Ross Perot, back in 92, he got on all 50 states, mm -hmm. uh, really on his own, and mm -hmm. he got nearly 20% of the vote. And most observers would, and I remember those days, I was actually with President Bush on the day that Perot called him to say he was in. Most of us thought that he really took from Republican support uh, and, and cost Bush the election in 92. What our polling shows, and we've done like 26,000 voter surveys across the country, samples in every state, is that a bipartisan ticket would actually draw equally from Republicans and Democrats and can create a pathway where we actually win, where we get more than 270 electoral votes. Uh, we don't focus on down-the-ticket races. We're not going to have a Senate candidate or uh, congressional races. It's really just going to be the top where we'll pick a uh, Republican and a Democrat as a Republican, as, as a president and a vice president. There's, there's been a lot of folks weighing in on this about that don't necessarily accept your poll that say that it would harm or help both sides equally. Um, I, Al Fromm, I, I know he's the former Democrat leadership council guy. Greg Fuller is, was a Reagan acolyte and strategist uh, for the Republicans going back many years. They had a pretty pointed piece in the, in the Washington Post calling on you to cease and desist and saying, this is a quote, if he or she, meaning whoever your candidate is, takes even a small part of the anti-Trump vote away from Biden, Trump is likely to be returned to the White House. That's why the no-labels effort poses such a danger to our democracy. 
Well, the the polls actually show that without us in, Trump wins. <laughs> Trump, Trump, uh, uh, Biden. I mean, you look here in Michigan. I saw a poll last week that Trump's uh, edges uh, Biden here in Michigan. But nationally, and we've seen this in polling since, I don't know, end of March, beginning of April, and nationally, uh, if Trump's the nominee against Biden, Trump wins by seven or eight points. That's interesting. NBC uh, had him up, had Biden up by five yesterday. Yeah, had Biden up by five. Yeah, excuse plus four. Plus four, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I saw another poll that showed that uh, even despite the indictments, uh, <clears throat> Trump has gotten stronger. So, uh, true. And, well, and, and I don't know if that's Trump being stronger or DeSantis getting weaker. I mean, it's kind of hard to know which, uh, whether, whether you've got the trunk or the tail of that elephant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, w- w- when does your effort to, to get those petitions out, and I've only got 60 seconds left, Fred, yeah. when does well, that begin we're, in earnest? We're, we're, yeah, well, we're, we're, we've started in a number of states. Uh, different states have different rules, and so you got to go one at a time. So, uh, and as you can imagine, there's some pushback uh, legally, even though we're, Submitting the right number of, of signatures, et cetera. Um, but we're we're on the move in a number of states. Uh, we hope to be on on the uh, be certified uh, on a, a good number of states before the end of the year. But really, by the end of the first quarter next year, uh, I think we're in. All right. Well, we will uh, watch for those petitions once they begin circulating around. You've given us a better idea of what they mean. And for those that say none of the above, this is an option. An option that we haven't necessarily had in the past. Uh, and then, uh, of course, there's there's the whole selection process yet to come. And, Fred, I know you'll keep in contact with us as, as that moves forward as well. Former Congressman Fred Upton on the push for a third-party candidate. So as far as I can gather, half the Canadian wilderness is still on fire. And uh, my evidence for that is that uh, wildfire smoke is once again uh, blowing down here into the Great Lakes states. And we are uh, on an air quality alert all day today. So uh, breathe safely out there. Former President uh, Donald Trump, he was in town on Sunday at the Oakland County GOP's Lincoln Day Dinner, where he received the Man of the Decade Award. Disqualified gubernatorial candidate, now presidential hopeful Perry Johnson, he tried to attend the event with his campaign bus, but was turned away. He explains the situation to Tom Jordan on All Talk. So what happened over the weekend? Uh, I know your, your campaign bus was out and about, and uh, you brought it to the yeah. uh, the rally, and uh, you were turned away? Yes. Not only that, they worked everything out. The GOP said, great. Uh, we had a $2,000 sponsorship, and they said, uh, okay, if you do that, originally we asked for 1600 We said, for 1600 1500 can we have the bus? They said, no, but for 2000 you can. So that was all worked out, and then uh, the Trump people turned us away. Ah, okay. <laughs> that all is right. what happened in a nutshell. Okay. The Trump people uh, wouldn't let us in. They claimed that there was not uh, clearance. And nobody said anything about any clearance because this was arranged well in advance. And okay. no one mentioned the thing. But, you know, that's what happened. Uh, actually, there was a lot of tweeting about it because it was a little bizarre. <laughs> well, to say the least. Um, so obviously there may have been some logistical challenges to, with the organizers and maybe the Donald Trump campaign. Uh, this was, at least it was touted, 
as a Donald Trump campaign event. Why why did you want to campaign at the same spot with him? Well, it's my, I live here. <laughs> I, I, I live here. This is where I live. I mean, we're not even talking about the other end of town. We're talking about Oakland County. That is my county. Yes. Uh, so why would I not want to be here? Um, sure. I mean, uh, I. You, you didn't view did it as, as crashing Donald Trump's party. You just thought you were still campaigning. He happens to be here. I live here. So let it be. So let it be, yes. Okay. I mean, he could have picked a different county, at least. <laughs> <laughs> he did pick my county. Well, you know, he goes, you guys are opponents now. Let me ask you to that point. Uh, you. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, you were heavily support. You heavily supported Donald Trump oh, very in his campaign. So, yeah. You like his policies. You like the way he goes about business. You're both very, very successful businessmen. Um, and yet this time around, you, you chose to jump into a race where he was clearly and still is the front runner. Why do you think you're a better and even a different candidate than a Donald Trump? Well, I'm a lot like Donald Trump. People are going to know that. Uh, I don't spend as much money. I think he spent too much money. I mean, we did go an extra eight trillion in debt. I think that's the biggest problem on both sides, Democrats and Republicans. It's a big issue. Uh, I am really kind of Donald Trump without the baggage. Mm. I mean, I don't have any of those issues. The big problem we have is that in order to win this election, we are going to have to win over the end of Without doing that... There is no doubt. Let's face it. We ran against before, lost that election. Granted, uh, in, if things had been better in four or five states, he would have won. And if there were COVID, he might have won. But we're going to have the same policies again, and he's lost a lot of the support among independents. Yeah. He, uh, he is way ahead right now, as should be the case, because let's face it, I think he has 100% name ID. I mean, he's president of the United States. Right. Uh, but uh, it's the first time in history that you have somebody who actually ran against a candidate uh, and now is running again in such a lead. I don't think that's ever happened. But if you take a look at uh, history, keep in mind that at this point in the race, single time in a race when the Republican nominee who was in the lead and not an incumbent, actually won at this early stage. Mm. I certainly thought that Trump had no chance in 2016, and I thought Jeb Bush was going to win. As did Uh, most of us. I mean, let's face it. As you go through history, just look at all the presidents. I mean, uh, I never thought Clinton was going to win. I never thought Obama was going to win. I hadn't even heard of these guys. And at this stage of the game, we don't really know. We don't really know what's going to happen until later on in the race and we get in the debates and we see what happens. And then people have to make the decision and who is the best candidate to beat Biden. Well, and listen, I, stage, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it's got to be about. And, and listen, I'm a big primary guy. I love the fact, I mean, bring in as many uh, reputable candidates as possible to give the voters a, a really good, I guess, palate in um, quiver of candidates to decide upon, make the best decision on who's out there. I think that's critical, and I, I don't buy into the fact that oh, if anyone challenges Donald Trump in the primary, he's suddenly a rhino or he's a traitor somehow. Uh, to that point, you're in it, and I think you, it's safe to say you're in it to win this thing. 
Uh, right yep. now in Michigan, there is a lot of, you know, even passionate Republicans who are not, they're, they're kind of reluctant to support Donald Trump and they're kind of uh, waiting to make their decisions. Um, how are you, are, are, I guess, seeking the endorsement of some of these reputable uh, Republicans here in Michigan? Well, the race just started. I will be campaigning in Michigan. I believe Michigan this time is going to end up being a caucus convention election. But we have the advantage that we're going to actually be fifth, I believe. Yes. That is a huge plus. Well, it is to the Democrats. But to your point, a caucus is going to potentially favor Donald Trump in this. Uh, Are you concerned about what the Democratic Party is doing here, uh, moving this primary to February 27th, which really limits the ability of any Republican presidential candidate to do well in the state. Well, I'm not sure that's the case. Uh, if if it does go to convention or whatever, I believe that I will have a very reasonable chance to win. In fact, I expect to win Michigan. I don't think that that is the situation at all. Mm. I believe that is entirely in my to my advantage that they do something like this like a caucus well my guy my guy john yob i think he's got yep. uh 60 64 and two or something yeah. uh in convention fights okay well so, okay that's good because there are, there are other um very uh conservative republicans who don't like this they think this is going to favor one of the candidates that being donald trump over over the others but you don't you don't clearly ag- agree with that you think you it's actually d- gives you a better chance i guess a better fighting chance what do you make of this interstate compact uh potentially all the votes in michigan going to whoever wins the national popular vote well i don't know about that i think what's going to happen is that i don't think that's going to happen at all Hopefully not. We're going to have a, no, that's not going to happen. Okay. I think what is going to happen, though, is that we are probably going to have a convention or caucus fight here, and I do expect to do very well. I actually think that is to my advantage, not disadvantage. Okay. And in fact, I think that puts me in an ideal position to try to win this entire thing. Well, Keep you, in mind that the right. expectations are that Donald Trump is going to win Iowa and win New Hampshire. And that was uh, presidential hopeful Perry Johnson on being turned away from the Trump event. Uh, I, I don't know what he was expecting. I, I mean, it, it, you can't you can't bring your campaign bus uh, to a speech from another presidential candidate. But I guess it was worth a shot. Um, by the way, I'm surprised that that this next story hasn't happened already. Maury Povich is launching his own brand of at home paternity tests going to be offered through his new company called the results are in um essentially he's taking the uh, paternity test that he used on his show for 31 years and slapping his name on it once the kid arrived all test participants they're swabbed in their homes with no visit to a clinic required and then you seal it up in an envelope and send it off to the lab now the results are not legally binding um i guess it's like an at-home covid test if it's positive then you go see a doctor or a judge i don't know I'm surprised it took this long. I mean, that's 31 years of missed opportunities. I'm sure that Maury Povich isn't hurting for money, but uh, he could be Perry Johnson rich if if he would have started this decades ago. Back with Guy and Lloyd for some crosstalk. It's first thing, Mike Parsons. And JR Morning is just minutes away, which means in the studio I'm joined by Guy Gordon and Lloyd Jackson and uh, 
Lloyd is here, which means that he did not catch walking pneumonia yesterday uh, during the, the rainy <laughs> fireworks broadcast. And he's looking very bright-eyed, I've got to say. Yeah, uh, it was uh, a spectacular show. It's just that rain uh, kept coming yeah. in sheets and sheets, and then it would stop, and then sheets, and then it would stop. And I have a conspiracy theory. What's that? I, I would never say that Channel 4 likes it to be rainy on fireworks day. But I feel like mm. I feel like it's good for ratings mm. because I was glued. I would know nothing about. I was going to uh-huh. say, guy, you want to you, yeah. you want to rat? I wouldn't know whether we <laughs> celebrated secretly when there was. Yeah. Do they love rain on fireworks day? And where's it's where's Pergosian? Gold. Yeah. <laughs> and where's the head of the Wagner Group? Spill it, Gordon. <laughs> yeah. No. It, Nobody, nobody sits there and roots for bad weather. This is a community event. Everybody wants it to work out well. Is it? Is it a raining bonanza when it rains? Yeah, it's raining Nielsen families. <laughs> um, but, but so yeah. But I mean, I, nobody was celebrating it, it uh, down on Lafayette yesterday because everybody wants everybody to come down. It's about the community event. Well, and I would imagine it's a major pain in the butt. And I, I can't remember if it was ever postponed and moved to a later date. But uh, I don't think it's going to be. If it it wasn't postponed yesterday, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, uh, it was. Wasn't hasn't it been once though when there was a severe weather threat? And I mean, it was a very real severe. Like when weather we had threat. some mornings and some right, you right. know, complete yeah. with lightning and the whole yes. shebang, not just heavy showers. I would imagine I'm sure that was that was canceled. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would imagine it's like an NFL football game. If there's uh, if there's lightning in the area, they probably postpone it, but. But the rest is probably play ball. If it's just garden variety, yeah, you know, showers. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it, that was. It was. I mean, the whole day I'm watching it, going, you know, Ashley told me it was going to be better than this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and for those families that uh, that got out there, I just everybody uh, had on their uh, ponchos. ponchos. Yeah. yeah, it was poncho villa. Well, oh, yeah. were they real ponchos or were they the Guy Gordon hefty bag ponchos? No, they were real ponchos. Okay. Yeah. They were clear, though. It's they nice to clear. know that people are classier than With I a hood. Am. Yeah. Well, see, there's well, another... Maybe that was never in question. <laughs> there's another uh, misbranding opportunity. You slap a WDIV logo on that, it's free advertising. Well, yeah. Hmm. And and it ended up being, you were saying, kind of a, because of the cloud cover and the low ceiling. Oh, my goodness. A different kind of fireworks show. It was a different because of the clouds and the colors that yeah. like bounce off of the clouds. It painted the clouds. It did. And then with the colors off the buildings, it was just spectacular. And the music was just, you know, a mix-up. Let me tell you, Tony Michael said we were going to have a surprise. He surprised us because he had so many different genres of music that were part of the uh, the celebration last night. It was awesome. You know, we should get him to, to spin like a, a DJ shift on 96.3, you know, with his uh, with his eclectic music taste, like a little guest spot. And the Zambellis who put the show together, you know, I talked to, to the dad um, and he says, listen, we kick off. Detroit kicks off a whole line of fireworks shows that mm-hmm. they do. He says, but Detroit is always the best. It's right. the big one and it's the best. Right. And, and it looked like because of the weather, uh, you you had a better jo- a better shot of getting uh, a good spot on oh, yeah. Belle Isle or Hart Plaza. Yeah, um, definitely. So yeah, if you don't mind a little bit of rain, uh, <laughs> it might might have been a fun experience. All right, so I, I'm sure that uh, we are going to play this uh, this released Donald Trump audio of him. It wasn't released. It was leaked. Damn it. Well, 
Maybe it, maybe it was leaked. I don't know. The DOJ didn't just say, hey. Right. Well, there's, yeah. <laughs> right. Know. Anderson, well, we'll, you we'll go, get into CNN. that. I've, I've, I've got a little fact check for you on that. Anderson okay. Cooper just emailed uh, Merrick Garland and said, you or uh, uh, Jack Smith. Around? Yeah, Jack Smith. Hey, it's your boy uh, Anderson. Can, you got that tape for me? Um, uh, keys to the Hampton House for <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> and stock in Hunter Biden's uh, Chinese uh, company or whoever yeah. he's partnering so with. We're, we're going to get into the to, uh, to the. It's 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 important evidence in the case against him in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. Uh, and look, uh, we keep you updated on everything that's happening in the Hunter Biden case. We told you about the WhatsApp text that, that went out. Uh, there is no independent confirmation of that. This, the president, former president, is not denying its authenticity. Right. And what's interesting here, and we'll get into this in a few minutes, but he says, this exonerates me. Well, I, I don't know what world this tape exonerates you. Yeah. But if he believes that, that's a problem for his defense team. And we're looking to connect with Ma- Matthew Schneider, and we hope to get him for 735, just to say, now that you've heard it, it isn't. It, it isn't like one of those tapes that you would see on the wire or something like that, where it's kind of garbled yeah, or you're right. not quite sure. No, very clear. There is no doubt. Yeah. And Mr. Trump himself is not saying that this is a deep fake or anything like that or AI. Well, it's funny you say that because I feel like this might be one of the last high-profile political scandals where you know whoever's implicated in a wrongdoing they can't blame AI. Exactly. I, I, I could see yeah. it moving forward. AI is so good. That'll be the go-to. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't me. That was AI. Uh, that wondering was a, what that his was a def- bot. I'm wondering what his defense will tell him. But, you know, and, and going back to what he's going to tell the defense, it's going to be, yeah. you know, some head-butting there. Yeah, I, I would imagine they would uh, tell him to uh, to to shut it. But uh, if- Well, no, they may be telling him uh, time to make a plea. Mm-hmm. Time to take a plea. Because... Uh, and again, we're going to get into this in just a few minutes, but there, there, there are still a lot of things that the prosecution has to do with that tape to get it entered into evidence and to be because you can't see what he is holding up. Right. You're going to have to have independent witnesses say it was a, a document, not a press clipping, that it had classified markings on it, that it was unquestionably what he says on tape it was. So, uh, I mean, this is and you know what? His popularity may have just gone up two points. It's a crazy world we're in well, right now. I mean, I mean, nobody plays nobody plays sort of the the victim hero martyr like him. He has he has perfected it. And you're right. Every time something like this comes out, he goes up in, in the polls. Uh, he 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 starts closing that fundraising gap he has with Ron DeSantis if it hasn't been closed already. So yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, we've got the audio. We'll play it for you multiple times in the morning. It's JR Morning with Guy Gordon, Lloyd Jackson coming up after the news.